Romans 13, verse 11. Praise the Lord. And the Bible reads like this. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Father, I pray again just the anointing of your Holy Spirit upon my life. For you know this church and you know what you've called this church to do. And I pray that it would not just be a selected group of people, but the entire congregation would understand that you have raised up this entire church for the time for right now. And, Lord, you're going to meet our needs. You're going to take care of our families. You're going to provide for us personally, but you're also raising us up corporately to make a difference in the world around us. I pray your blessing upon this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and be seated here tonight. And what was heavy, too, in, in uh, before I get into it is, you know, a lot of the cast was they were all kids when I got came into the home. Like Rachel, Connie, Manny, Selena. They were like, you know, Manny was like tearing up the gang at that time. He was a being a headache. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but they were all real little, man. And then I seen them like running around in, in South Africa, you know, in Cape Town. And I had this flashback of when I was in the home. And I said, man, has it been that long already? You know, it's like time flies when you're giving yourself to the vision, you're giving yourself to the ministry. Time just flies by. And it was a heavy wake up call to see them running around and they were in drama. They were praying. And I was like, wow. And I had a, a vision for my daughter. Come on, somebody that my daughter will eventually come on, step into her calling and also be a blessing. So I was powerful. But time flies. My God. So get involved and and. You know, get 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 it going, man, and uh, let's do this thing for the Lord. Amen? The time is now is the theme and the topic that I want to speak about here tonight. And here in this portion of Scripture is just a picture of what a lot of the Bible is speaking about when you think about timing. See, when you and I take the time to study Scripture and pay attention to what the Bible teaches about the last days, when we watch the news and we see the different events that are taking place around us, our hearts are stirred with an urgency that says, if we're going to do something for God, we better do it now. See, when you and I take the posture of a student and also pay close attention to what is being communicated by our pastors and our leaders, we can also sense the urgency that not only is the Bible confirming it, but the leaders of the ministry are also confirming it. That if we're going to be able to really be effective and do something for God, how I many know time is running out? Our salvation is nearer today than when we first believed. And if you and I are going to do something for God, we got to do it now. And here in Romans 13, the Apostle Paul is challenging with great urgency the believers of Rome. And in this portion of Scripture alone that I read, he says, for them to wake up from their slumber. He tells them to pay attention to the times, put aside distractions and sin that keeps you from being able to take advantage of the opportunities that God has opened up for us and step up for God. Wake up from our slumber, pay attention to the times, put aside distraction and sin and get ready to step up for God. And how many are here tonight in Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay are ready to step out for God, ready to do something above the normal, 
are not just satisfied with just attending church services and and being fed, but we really deep down in our spirit and deep down in our heart want to do something for the Lord. How many want to do something for Jesus? See, and we too, as the Ministry of Victory Outreach, we are on the verge of having the, one of the greatest revivals. We can sense it when Nicky Cruz takes his, the place and he begins to speak life into the churches that he gave birth to. When we get time to spend with the, the founder and with Pastor Sonny, the eldership, we could hear their heart and we can, we can hear what the Holy Spirit is telling to them that we as a ministry, Victory Outreach, we are on the verge of one of the biggest breakthroughs that has ever been seen within our ministry and with even within the body of Christ today. And you and I have the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of that. When we go into Cape Town, I believe that's just a sign of what God is doing in different cities and different countries all over the world. We could see the breakthrough that is not only taking place in South Africa, but even in Panama and even in, in Holland and different countries and different places. And we as the Ministry of Victory Outreach, we're a part of that. When God brings breakthrough, and even right here in the heart of the bay, I would say that 2016, my friend, is going to be one of the greatest years of our lives. If you believe that, I need you to clap a little bit by faith here tonight. And God is positioning us and orchestrating things and putting things in place. Even Nikki Cruz coming was a, a simple phone call that Pastor Esteban didn't make but was made to him. It wasn't a, a, a something that was even planned on the calendar, but you could see how God begins to orchestrate and put things in place because he has a mission for us to accomplish, and he needs to elevate the ministry. He wants to take the ministry to new levels, and, new, and he attaches the ministry to people that can help give it that emphasis and give it that energy for the ministry to be able to get into the levels that God wants it to be. You and I are living in that time. You and I are privileged to be around the ministry today. And doors are opening and things are happening. But if you and I are going to be able to take advantage and be able to experience what God has for us, I believe this portion of Scripture speaks to us. Some of us are going to have to wake up spiritually. And I have to snap out of it and put some cold Holy Ghost water on our face. Come on, somebody. We're going to have to be able to discern the opportunities through a spiritual eye. We're going to have to shake off some of the disappointments that we've had and even some of the secret sin that keeps us entangled so that we can move effectively and with confidence and courage forward through the doors that God is preparing to open. We need to get ourselves ready to get into the flow of the great things that God is already doing. Even in the book of Isaiah, he says, look, I'm doing a new thing. Not I'm going to do. I'm already doing it. It's already happening. It's already taking place. And those that are spiritual can see it. Those that are spiritual can sense it. Those that are spiritual can discern it. But those that have gotten a little lazy in their spiritual life have fallen into a place of just going through the motions of Christianity. And God wants to wake some people up. God wants to stir some people up. And he wants us to be experience everything that he has for our lives. But if you and I are going to be able to do that, I want to talk about a few things if we're going to be able to maximize the time that God has given to us. The first thing that the scripture says here is that we need to understand the present time. Romans 13, 11, and he says, do this, 
understanding the present time. See, we as the church need to always be alert and aware of the times that we're living in. Fox News is hectic when you're thinking about the elections that are taking place. When you look at not only America, but you look at everything else that is happening in the world around us, it gets us excited, even though it creates an instability in the world. But as the church, we should be able to say, hey, the return of Christ is a lot closer today than it has ever been before. And as a spiritual person, you begin to identify, you begin to recognize, you begin to discern the times. And there's a stirring that begins to take place in our heart because we too are not ignorant of what is going to take place. The Bible speaks about it and gives us clarity of what's going to take place. We are living in a time when the return of Christ is closer today than it has ever been before. When we look at Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, where Jesus would share with the disciples the signs that would happen before his return, we can see that you and I are living in the midst of those times. Matthew 24, verse 6 says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. There's a picture of ISIS stepping on the scene. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm till the end. But he who stands firm till the end. I said, but he who stands firm till the end. They, my friend, are the ones that will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached and the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The revival that we see taking place in different countries and different places with technology today, salvations are happening everywhere. And because of that, you can see that these signs that God had given to us as Jesus was in his earthly ministry, we see these things beginning to happen and take place. What does that mean? That means we need to get up as the church and begin to discern the times that we're living in. And if these really are the times and our, our pastors are being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and our leaders are being sensitive, then you and I, my friend, do not want to miss out on the opportunities that God is opening up for us to experience one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen. If you believe it, I need you to clap a little bit here this evening. See, this door that God is opening up to us will unfold in different ways. I believe there will be more personal victory that begins to take place because God needs us healthy to be able to move. So some of the breakthroughs that you've been waiting for, God needs to bring those breakthroughs to our lives so you can move with him. God can't move through wounded soldiers. God can't move through quenched when we're wounded and uh, full of unforgiveness and disappointment, we quench the activity of the Holy Spirit within our lives. But how many know God is a healing God? God is a restoring God, and God is able to do above and beyond all that we ever imagined. How many want that breakthrough in their life? How many want to experience that radical breakthrough 
within their heart and within their mind. I believe also with even within our families and even for the ministry. Things that you and I have been praying for and believing God for in the past are getting ready to come to pass. This year, my friend, is a year of favor and breakthrough like never before. It is going to be the greatest year of our lives. And you can already experience in 2016 from the very beginning of the year, you could see that even coming into Cape Town as a church and seeing what God was doing not only through your life, but I guarantee even within your life. And I'm sure you came home with that fire. And then all of a sudden, God begins to orchestrate new things with Nikki Cruz and other things. And we got to be able to discern, man, God is setting us up for one of the greatest breakthroughs. I'm talking to Victor Outreach, Heart of the Bay. God is going to bring a breakthrough that you've been praying for. It's getting ready to come to pass. But you and I have to be able to discern the times that we're living in. Some of us could possibly miss this open door if we're not willing to make personal adjustments and necessary changes in order to step up and step out for God. The Bible gives us instruction not only discerning the present time, but in order for us to maximize this time, he says a few things and I'll be done. The first thing he says is wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Tell the home, wake up. No, I'm playing. Hallelujah. The home is on fire right now. I can sense they've been praying. Come on, somebody. They're not just shaking their foot. Hallelujah. They're getting breakthrough in that home. Some of us used to shake our foot just. Pasquale used to tap us on the shoulder and go like this. In other words, open your mouth when you talk to God. We used to go like this. And he said, talk to God. Come on, somebody. How many know we learn to talk to God in the home? Hallelujah. And some of us have fallen in a spiritual slumber because of life, but life is life in the church and out of the church. Romans 13, b says, The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Some will miss this door that God has opened for because they have fallen spiritually asleep. There are different times within the Bible where we can see how God's people missed out on an open door because of a spiritual slumber. When I think of people missing out on an open door that God had, had for them, I think about the five foolish virgins. In Matthew 25, Jesus in this parable paints a picture of ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom, waiting for the return of Christ. Five took extra oil to make sure their lamp stayed lit, and five did not take any extra oil to keep their lamp burning. This is a picture of the church while we wait for the return of Christ. Some will stay fervent and on fire, and some will run out of oil. My question to us here tonight is which part of the five are you? Are you still fervent and on fire? Or has your oil ran low? See, not only as we wait for the return of Christ, but even in waiting for the return of Christ, we're also waiting for things to come to pass. Some of us have been hearing about our marriage going to get breakthrough. It still hasn't happened. We've been waiting for our children to get saved. It still hasn't happened. We've been waiting for these different financial miracles. It still hasn't happened. And in the waiting room of Christianity, you can lose your fire. 
in the waiting room, in the green room. Come on, somebody. Huh? In the waiting room of life, if we're not careful, disappointment begins to settle in. Discouragement begins to settle in. When things, especially in society today, when things don't happen as fast as we think they should happen, then we begin to get a little discouraged. We can begin to get a little disappointed, and we can even stop trusting the word that's coming from behind the pulpit. We can even begin to stop trusting the advice and the counsel that is coming from our spiritual leaders, and we begin to become hardened in our hearts. The Bible says that the love of many will grow cold. These are signs of the times but how many know that God is raising up a ministry right here that we're going to shake off whatever disappointments may come our way and we're going to stay on fire for Jesus my relationship and my fire does not come from my relationship with my leader my relationship and my fire comes from my relationship with my God and if I'm on a relationship with my God then it doesn't matter what happens around me I will still stay on fire for God because God, my friend, has not lost his fire. God, my friend, has not gotten complacent. God, my friend, is not kicking back. God, my friend, is still busy and excited for the salvation of souls. And if I'm connected to God, then I will be connected to the fire of God. How many want to stay on fire for Jesus? Come on and clap a little bit if you want to stay on fire for Jesus. See, the waiting rooms can begin to cause discouragement and disappointment that begin to quench the fire that burns in our heart. Spiritual things are no longer priority. Prayer and God's word become Sunday ritual. No longer have a passion for souls and witnessing to the lost. Christianity is no longer a joyful privilege of gratitude and liberty, but has now become a burdensome duty of following a bunch of rules. That took me a long time to think of that. I think I'll read it again. These are signs when a person has lost their fire. Spiritual things are no longer priority. No longer an eagerness to get up early and spend time in the presence of God. Prayer and God's word become a Sunday ritual. I'll get fed on Sunday or I'll get fed in church service. But private devotion and private study are no longer a priority when a person has lost their fire. No longer do we have a passion for the lost and the salvation of souls. Witnessing becomes a lost art. How many know that this church is a witnessing church? Flyers in the back pocket is the norm in Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay. Come on, somebody. How many know we love to tell people about Jesus? Come on and clap if you love to talk about Jesus. Christianity is no longer a joyful privilege of gratitude and liberty, but has now become a burdensome duty of following a bunch of rules. I can't do this. I can't do that. No, we can do whatever we want. Pastor Steve used to say, God will change your want-tos. He used to say, I could smoke a cigarette. I don't want to. I could go to the club. I still know how to smurf. Come on, somebody. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I'll do the electric slide. Come on, somebody. I'll be outdated. Come on, somebody. I could go to the club if I want to. I don't want to. When you're intimate with the presence of God, God changes your want-tos. 
all of a sudden you have new want-tos. You want to be in church. You want to be in the streets. You want to tell people about Jesus. When there's an intimate breakthrough and a transformation that is taking place in the heart of a man and in the mind of a man, there's a lining up of a person's will with the things, and the things that excite God begin to excite his church. How many know we are connected to Christ, and if we abide in Christ, then Christ abides in us. And the fire that's in God is the fire that is in us. How many want to stay on fire for Jesus? Come on and clap a little bit. See, we're in danger of missing the open door. God is open for us. If we allow the waiting seasons and disappointments of life, quench our fire for God. This can also happen not to the church, but even to leadership. How many know leadership and ministry is not easy? You got to get tough skin if you're going to be in the ministry. God don't raise up cha-chas. Come on, somebody. Huh? When push comes to shove, we will see what you're made of. When times get tough, we'll see who you really are. How do you know you're on the road to success? It's uphill all the way. How many know that we always knew from the very beginning, if you can take it or leave it, then just leave it. But we made a decision and said, hey, I can't leave it. There's something that happened in my life, and the ministry is something that I've been designed for. The ministry is not something that I chose. The ministry is something that chose me. So therefore, I will give my heart, mind, and soul to the ministry in good times and bad times, when times get tough, when I'm going uphill, when people disappoint, when people gossip and talk about I'm not going to allow it to affect me because I didn't choose the ministry. The ministry chose me. God selected me to be in the ministry. How many want to be in the ministry? And we've learned this from the very beginning of our walk with God. And the journey sometimes gets bumpy and rough. And even leaders can experience disappointment. And disappointment can quench the fire that burns in our heart. This happened to Peter in Acts chapter 12, verse 6. The Bible says the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Here Peter had taken some hits in the ministry. He was preaching, he was doing God's will, and he had taken some hits and gotten arrested. And the Bible says that he was locked between two soldiers. And if you study the word here, he wasn't just taking a nap. Peter got knocked out. Some of you have been knocked out. Come on, somebody. And maybe you haven't personally been knocked out, but you've seen somebody get knocked out. Come on, somebody. I remember in the neighborhood, I seen someone get hit so hard he snored. I seen him drop, and he just kind of like went like that. You know how they freeze him. He was knocked out. Come on, somebody. Uh, how many we've seen people? Peter was not taking a nap because he was exhausted. He was discouraged and disappointed and in the place of giving up. He was thinking, that, okay, I guess my time is up. I guess there's no hope, there's no future. So I'm, he started going into a place of giving up. And as he was in that place of giving up, the Bible says in verse 7, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. And the Bible says that if you study it too, the church was praying for Peter, how many know it's important to pray for your leaders? Come on, I said, how many know it's important to pray for your leaders? I used to tell the church in Cape Town that I'm fighting demons and I'm not supposed to be fighting. How the heck did he get in here? 
If somebody was on the wall and somebody was taking their place in prayer, that devil would have never got to my kid. That devil would have never got. How many know that the church needs to pray for their pastors and the church needs to pray for their leader? We all got a part to play. We're all in this. Until we get to heaven, then in heaven we can take a rest. But while we're still here, my friend, we are in a battle and we're in a fight. And how many know that everybody needs to take their place? And the Bible says the church was praying for Peter. And as they were praying for him, there he was discouraged, disappointed, and even in a place of hopelessness. But in verse 7, because of a praying church, an angel of the Lord appeared. And the Bible says, light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and said, woke up. He said, wake up. It ain't over till it's over. Come on, somebody. I believe the angel said, get on up, my brother. It's not over. Even though you feel like it's over, even though you feel like there's no hope and there's no future, as long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still moving, I still got a plan for your life. I still got people that I want you to reach. I still got people that I want you to disciple, so I need you. There was a supernatural energy that came over Peter's life. It was not by his own strength. It was not by his own thoughts. There was a supernatural power that came over his life. How many know as leaders we got something supernatural that's inside of us so we can move forward? Not only as leaders, but all of us have this power that's alive inside of our lives. This power came upon Peter. The angel of the Lord told him, get on up. Shake it off. The chains fell off. The prison doors opened up. Peter showed up at the house that they were praying in, knocked on the door, and even the servant said, who? She thought, she got so excited, she went and told the people. The people thought she lost her mind. She said, Peter's at the door. They said, you crazy girl, you must have, you're really praying. Come on, somebody. Ah. God did a miracle. And some of us here tonight, the devil has done his best to disappoint you, discourage you, frustrate you. But I believe the same way the angel of the Lord came to Peter, the angel of the Lord is coming to us and saying, it ain't over yet. We still got things to do. We still got ministry to accomplish. If that's you here tonight, I need you to clap a little bit by faith and let them chains of discouragement fall off of you. Wake up. Paul toward the Roman church. Any of us can fall asleep in disappointing times or the waiting seasons. The second thing that I want to talk about here, and you can begin to make your way, otherwise I'll never finish, hallelujah, is not only did the Apostle Paul tell the Roman church to wake up, but he also told them, take off. Take off. The next thing we see in Romans 13 that has the potential to rob us from stepping into our open door is the deeds of darkness. We can't have a secret life or a secret lover. That's what you are. Give me a little. Oh, I thought I heard the music. I said, my God. Come on, somebody. Secret life, secret sins, secret things can quench the fire of God within our lives. Romans 13, verse 12, he says, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness. Some of us throughout the years of our salvation have developed unhealthy behavior patterns. And some of us have held on to some unhealthy relationships. These things, if not dealt with, will deal with us. 
If we don't deal with things, they have the potential to hold us back from stepping through the open door the Lord has opened up for us. See, when a person has a secret life, they don't have the confidence they need to step through the open door. They see it, they sense it, but how could I do that if I'm still doing this? And the devil keeps us entangled in a secret way. And you know that secrecy is what keeps you there. Some of you just need to be honest about it. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to find a good, trustworthy person. I'm not saying get on the bullhorn and talk about it. But find a leader, a life group leader, your pastors, and begin to connect and begin to share with them the battle and the struggles that you're facing. The Bible says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. How many know God wants a healthy church? Come on, somebody, and the devil loves to keep you in secret. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. My last point as I close is that not only do we need to wake up, take off, but we need to step up. We need to step out for God. How many want to step out and do something for the Lord? See, like never before in our lives, 2016 has the possibilities of being the best year of our lives in our personal, in our family, and in our ministry. But we can't expect new things if we keep doing the same thing. We can't expect that. They say that's the uh, definition of insanity, to expect new things or to expect great things but keep doing the same things. That's how we were when we get locked up, right? We have all these plans, get locked up. First time I got locked up, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. When I get out, no longer will I carry the dope. Come on, somebody. Huh? But I'll leave it in a tree. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we, we have all these strategies on how to do this, that, or the other. But how many know we don't do absolutely nothing about it? We go back, get a pipe, get a little high are paranoid to leave our drug anywhere. Come on, somebody, because we're afraid someone's going to find it. So we keep it in our pocket, and woo, we get arrested again, and I was locked up five times for the same case. Come on, somebody. The definition of insanity is expecting something new but doing the same thing. And what's funny is we do the same thing in the house of the Lord. We sit in the house of God. We have desires. Desire, my friend, is not enough. It's going to take a little discipline if you're going to get to where God wants you to be. Come on, somebody, because you can desire and make altar call after altar call and cry and weep, but there could still not be a true change that takes place within the life. How many know that we need to not only cry, come on, somebody, but we need to take responsibility and start making adjustments and decisions and lining ourselves up. Some of us are so consumed with fear of failure that we don't step out for God, but I want to let you know that that spirit of fear is not of God. God has given you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And if we can do it, lost, hopeless people like us can do it, then why can't you do it? There is so many things that you can do. You just got to step out and try to do it. Put your foot in the Jordan and watch it open up. You got to shake off whatever fear and doubt and step out for God. If we're going to be able to experience the things that he has for our lives, we're going to have to wake up. We're going to have to take some things off. 
and be willing to step out and do something for the Lord. Victory Outreach is a ministering congregation. We're not just a few group of people that do the ministry. We believe everybody has a place. Everybody has a part to play. I want everybody to stand.